You are Locked On Chargers, your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Chargers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up and welcome into the Locked On Chargers podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Wade. Joined as always by my co-host David Drogmeyer, and on today's show, lucky enough to be joined by the Chargers Encyclopedia, John Kegley, to get into some stuff the Chargers need to change during this bye week. But this episode is brought to you by Pepsi. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch this season. Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through game day and become a member of the League of Football Watchers. These passionate fans are the real generational talent that Pepsi fuels. Because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game, it's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. Before we get started, we are three writers who got our start at San Diego Sports Domination, San Diego's top sports blog, and we've been covering the Chargers now for over five seasons, doing our own Facebook live show, Chargers Domination Live, which airs weekly. And now this is our third season as the host of the Lockdown Chargers podcast, bringing you your team every day. What's up, guys? Thank you to everyone who listened to yesterday's voicemail episode, and thank you to everyone who is checking us out for the first time or all of our loyal listeners checking in again. And we have a pretty fun show for you guys today because since it is the bye week, technically that's over, but we still have some extra shows to fill. So on this show, we figured we would get into what the Chargers need to do to change this season and really turn things around. So we're going to save that for the final segment of the show today. In the second part of the show, we're going to be getting into our biggest surprises and disappointments so far through five weeks of the Chargers season, including players and just general things with the team. And then to start the show, we actually have some good news on the injury front because the Chargers have placed two players to return to their active roster. So we'll have to start the news with that. So let's go ahead and get into it. On Monday, the Los Angeles Chargers designated two starters to return from injured reserve. This is Daniel Wade joined by David Drogemeyer with your Locked On Chargers lead story. Tom Pelissero, NFL reporter on Monday, reported that the Chargers have designated defensive end Melvin Ingram and defensive tackle Justin Jones to return from IR. And this is huge news for the Chargers, especially because for both players, we were kind of unsure about how severe these injuries were and didn't really have a timeline on either one, but they're getting some much needed reinforcements after so many defensive players have been depleted from this roster like Derwin James or Drew Tranquil or Chris Harris Jr., all guys who are still on injured reserve, but the Chargers needed help in the trenches and they are getting it with Melvin Ingram and Justin Jones, but Melvin Ingram specifically is so important to this team, David. We talk about it all the time about his football IQ and some of the things that he does usually end up freeing someone like Joey Bosa for a single team blocking assignment, which is something he doesn't see very often. But he does a lot of the dirty work that doesn't show up on the stat sheet. But overall, he is just one of the biggest leaders of this team. And now it looks like he could be back this week. Nothing but good news for the Chargers and for the Chargers pass rush or lack thereof, or lack thereof as the stats would indicate the Chargers only have 9 sacks in 5 games they're only averaging 1.6 sacks per game that is not going to get it done in the NFL the Chargers have to get more pressure on the quarterback Melvin Ingram's presence on the other side of Joey Bosa alone has been sorely missed Joey has been getting double teamed 
left and right and still have been finding some success. But you can't make up for Melvin Ingram's leadership and his veteran savvy. He's the longest tenured Charger on the Chargers active roster now, and he is a major part of this defense. And now one of the better pass rushing tandems in the league can get back to doing what they do best. Yeah, and to be fair, the Chargers hadn't been great in as far as rushing the passer, even with Melvin Ingram. But what I think it does now for this team is it gives them so much more depth on the defensive line for a coach in Gus Bradley that likes to rotate things a lot. I mean, last week, the Chargers had Cortez Broughton, Emeka Egbue, and Jesse Lemonnier rushing the passer all at one time. And those are guys that usually never sniff the field defensively, and it's just due to those injuries. So especially with Joey Bosa having been on a pitch count for the last couple of weeks, only allowed to play a certain amount of snaps, to have that guy in Melvin Ingram, who Gus Bradley loves to move around that line of scrimmage, makes plays in the passing game as well as the running game, will be absolutely huge for this team's depth and for its just overall talent and leadership. But one of the guys that does not go unnoticed here is Justin Jones. And what the Chargers really have missed from Jones isn't his pass rush because he is not a sack artist, but they've definitely missed his defensive physicality up front. And when he is on the field, it's very hard for other teams to run the ball against the Chargers. He has become very stout and one of their better run defenders on the interior of the Chargers defensive line who have been allowing 4.4 yards per rush so far this season. So, David, these guys are definitely going to help, and Justin Jones is going to help in a little bit of a different way, but something they still very much need. Yeah, you look at Justin Jones's position as a run stopper primarily, and that doesn't get a whole lot of attention, but it does not mean that it is any less important. The Chargers are currently giving up around 107 rushing yards per game. Justin Jones' return will definitely impact that number in a positive way, and it will also allow the Chargers to rotate on their defensive line a lot more effectively. You've seen Linval Joseph out there a lot, I think a lot more than the Chargers originally anticipated having him out there. Also with Jerry Tillery and Damian Square, I think you can keep them fresher and just keep the entire defensive line fresher throughout the game when you have more bodies, guys that can come in on obvious running downs. And Justin Jones had a really had a lot of hype going into this offseason. Now that he's healthy again, Daniel, hopefully he can come back and realize some of that potential. He is probably the player other players and defenders especially talked about in this offseason, talked about how he is going to just have a monster breakout season, but you have to be on the field to do that. And the Chargers, like we have talked about, do not have a ton of depth on that defensive line. I think it's been taken advantage of over the last few weeks. And if you have all of those guys out there fresh, it even helps to have a guy like Justin Jones, even if he isn't rushing the passer a whole lot. It keeps guys like Jerry Tillery, who was much more effective coming in on a rotational basis and didn't have to be out there all the time, much better. And for the Chargers defense, who loves to run a lot of cover three zone, they really, really need the pass rush up front. And you to get more obvious passing down situations, if you have a guy like Justin Jones who can stuff a run on first down and send the other team into second and 10 instead of second and five and creating manageable situations with down and distances. But huge reinforcements for the Chargers and the best news we've got from them on the injury front in quite some time. But we do have two more segments to get into because we have to get into the biggest surprises and disappointments so far this season coming up right after this. But first, thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Football Watchers. 
The football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. For me, it usually is a lot of yelling at my TV screen. I'm sure a lot of you guys do the same, but Pepsi is the refreshment that you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, well, it's time to look at where the Chargers are right now, specifically getting into some of the players and things that have surprised us so far in a good way this season, I would say. And then also the people and things that we've been really disappointed in for the Chargers for the first five weeks. And usually we get to do this show at the bye week for the Chargers, which was supposed to be much later on in the season. And instead, we're doing it after a third of the season, basically, and a lot of things can still change in the Chargers to their credit can still change a lot of things for themselves going forward. There's still a lot of season left to be played. 11 games, a lot can happen. And so, John, we're going to get into the biggest surprises first. We'll end with the biggest disappointments. And I know you have a lot for the next segment, getting into what has to change. But when you're looking at the surprises, where would you start with this team? Well, I think it'd have to be the undrafted free agents, especially at uh, the wide receivers. Those guys have stepped up big this year, especially Mike Williams being hurt having Justin Herbert become the QB, offensive line being down. Undrafted free agents have been huge in helping this offense stay alive and making some of the biggest plays when they're needed. That's got to be a big surprise to me. I know you were mentioning in one of the shows that a lot of the touchdowns from one of the games, every touchdown from that game was an undrafted free agent, and it kept us in the game. Even though we still lost it, we were still in the game. It wasn't because of Keenan, not Mike Williams. Not Hunter Henry, it was undrafted free agents. Yeah, that was the Tampa Bay game. Donald Parham ends up getting a touchdown. Tyron Johnson gets a big, long touchdown. I mean, the Chargers have gotten a lot of contributions, especially being one of the only seasons that they haven't actually kept an undrafted free agent on their first initial 53-man roster. Obviously, the rosters are all weird so far this year. But, I mean, if we're talking about biggest surprises, I mean, I have to start with Justin Herbert. And I can only be so surprised if I didn't expect it. And not that anyone did expect it, but, I mean, I just wasn't expecting this at all. I thought if Justin Herbert was put into the right system, if they knew how to use him, he could be a pretty good quarterback. And so far through four games, he's blown away anyone's expectations of what he was going to be able to do. And I mean, I'm just most surprised with just his improvements from his last game of college football to his first game of professional football. I mean, so many things that he has taken such major strides in. You have to give a lot of credit to Shane Sykin, obviously, for being able to put him in position on the field to find success and running those play actions and doing some of those things. But a lot of that has to go to Pep Hamilton as well, who really was tasked with getting Justin Herbert up to speed in an unprecedented offseason where everybody's ability to learn things was stunted because of COVID-19. So, David, I know you have your own surprises too, but I mean, I can't even start this segment without talking about Justin Herbert because he has been one of the surprises not only for the Chargers, but for the entire NFL. Well, not only that, but the surprises, I mean, don't stop there. I mean, I was surprised to even see him in a game in week two of this season. Right. I mean, nobody was expected to see this kid until probably the you know last three or four games of the season, if that. I mean, I was one of the guys that was thinking that you weren't going to see Justin Herbert at all. Well, guess what? Divine Intervention had other plans because Justin Herbert did see action in, in week two, and he has not relinquished the starting role ever since. He has obviously looked phenomenal. Nobody expected this type of start out of Justin Herbert, and yeah, it's been fun to watch. I can't 
wait to see what else we are going to be able to witness from Justin Herbert. But for me, my surprise is the good things. I mean, the red zone efficiency, guys. I mean, this is surprising, but the Chargers have been one of the better teams in the NFL when they get in the red zone scoring points. The Chargers have done a great job. That has definitely been a big surprise for me. Uh, I know when I saw that, I was like, no, no, that can't be right. That. It is. You look look back at the stats, look at the numbers, they all support those claims. And then also, I think, you know, one of the bigger surprises for me is Forrest Lamp. I think we've seen Forrest yep. Lamp finally show that he's healthy, show that he uh, can go out there and put a couple of games together and feel good about his bodies of work. I feel like he's been the best offensive lineman for the Chargers. I know that's not saying much, but I, I do believe he's <laughs> been the best offensive lineman for the Chargers this year. Happy for Forrest Lamp. Hope that he continues to stay healthy and continues to show what he is capable of doing. Yeah, it's something we've been waiting to see for a long time. I'm just happy that the guy is healthy. I mean, even if he went out there and played 16 games but didn't play as well as we wanted him to, I mean, just to see him out there for a full season would have been great to see going into a contract year. But he has definitely obliterated expectations on that front. He's been one of the better offensive lineman in the NFL at least pass protection wise so far this season I think it was like only three other players who had a better rate so far this season as far as winning their matchups and pass protection than Forrest Lamp and for the red zone efficiency the Chargers are one of the only teams that have scored on every single red zone possession that they've had so far this season I know that was a frustrating thing with Phillip Rivers's how many times the Chargers turned it over in the end zone and not just Phillip Rivers. I mean, we don't even have to get into the fumbles on the one yard line and things like that, but I do think all of those <laughs> Melvin Gordon are a surprise. I would say, I mean, even Sam Tevy, even coming off of, uh, you know, a couple of worse games than he'd had, I mean, still has been a surprise because I didn't think there was any possibility that that left tackle position was going to go any other way than being a nightmare for the Chargers this season. So I have to give credit there. And I would say that, There are a couple more surprises for this team so far, but we do have to get into the disappointments as well. So, John, if you're disappointed in anything from the the Chargers so far this season, where would you start? I think it'd have to be the coaches' lack of being aggressive once you have the lead. It's like Anthony Lynn has a lead and he goes, okay, let's just run the ball and get out of here. We got this. I don't know what is going on with him, but you got to start staying aggressive. Once you have the lead, you got to really step on someone's throat and deliver at home. There's so many times there's just run, run, and then let's try and pass. But it's just so obvious what you're going to do. It's so predictable. Your play calling when you have the lead is so predictable that other teams are crawling back into games every single time after you've just destroyed them offensively in the first half. Now you're just letting them back in the game because you become predictable. I don't know what what they're going to do to change that, but they better do something to change that. Absolutely, and I'm sure we're going to get into some of that and the what has to change for the Chargers going forward. But a couple of omissions from the what went right, I would all, or from the what surprised us, I would also put Kazir White in there just playing a much bigger role for this team this season. I thought he's played pretty well. And then Limbaugh Michael Joseph. Davis, too. Yeah, Michael Davis. I looked it up, and coverage-wise, it actually hasn't been his greatest season um, as far as passer rating, completion percentage allowed. He's allowed over 70% completion percentage. His missed tackle rate is actually down, so that is pretty good. But I was thinking the same thing. I looked up the advanced stats. Wasn't really in the favor of you know Michael Davis, but then again, 
Casey Hayward and the advanced stats is only giving up, you know, about 52% completion when he's targeted. But we all know that that's gotten beat for some pretty big gains. And most of what Michael Davis has given up has been kind of underneath stuff. But Limbaugh Joseph, we knew he was going to be a big presence here. And even though he hasn't gotten the sack column or anything like that, I mean, his presence is felt every single game. But getting to the disappointments, talking about another defensive lineman, I have to put Jerry Tillery on there. I mean, I think I got revved up after the first couple of weeks. I mean, he was playing pretty well. He got a sack week one. But more importantly, he was just getting pressure throughout the game the first couple of weeks. In weeks one and two, he had five quarterback hits and a sack. In weeks three through five, he only has one quarterback hit in those plays. And he also has zero sacks in that amount of time. So I think he was definitely better when they had Justin Jones and they could keep him as more of a rotational guy. And I think that just might be what he is at this point, keeping that motor up for an entire season. It doesn't seem to be something he can do yet, but we have to hope that he can be better going forward with some more guys to, you know, swap in and out with because he's been playing probably a lot more than they would have liked. But David, where are you going with your first disappointment in 2020 so far? Yeah, the first disappointment for me is the money stats on the defensive side. The lack of pressure, only nine sacks on the year is not going to get it done. I said it in the news. I'll say it again here. That's just, that's unacceptable. You got to get the quarterback on the ground. There should be no games that you play where you don't get any sacks. And unfortunately, the Chargers have had a couple of those already in only five games that they've played. And also the interceptions, they only got their balls on their hand. (laughs) They've only got their hands on three footballs. So that is not enough. Three interceptions, not great at all. And also, for me, a disappointment is, why isn't Joe Reed playing? I mean, the, what, what is going on with him? Why is he not? Why is he a healthy scratch week after week? We saw him already have some explosive plays on kickoffs, which is basically what you brought him in to do, and he's not even doing that. So what the heck is going on with Joe Reed? Yeah, I think you could definitely chalk that one up. I mean, three interceptions in five games isn't that terrible, I would say. But I would say that the turnover margin in general is bad for the Chargers. It's kind of hard to look at that as a positive so far. It's definitely disappointing. The sack production as well as the turnover production, obviously a lot of injuries on that side of the football defensively. But you just have to be able to actually go out there and do it. You can't just talk the talk. You actually have to go out there and produce what you say your team is focusing on all offseason. I think the last disappointment has just been the Chargers not being able to buck the trend of not being able to finish games. And that is something that has kept occurring so far this season. Something that basically the only year they seem to have figured it out. And that was really hanging by the skin of their teeth was in 2018 when they won so many close games. But there are ways to change it. The Chargers can't get better and they can go on a run down the stretch with the soft schedule that they have. And we're going to get into some of those changes we want to see for the Chargers coming up right after this. But first, I need to tell you guys if there's any auto part that you're looking for for any maker model, there's only one place to go, and it's rockauto.com. And with the ever increasing number of makes and models, it's now impossible to get everything that you need in a traditional chain storefront. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the counterman orders the parts on his computer when you can just find the biggest inventory on rockauto.com and you can get everything delivered to you in just a few easy clicks right to your doorstep. They're going to have everything you need, but most importantly, you know that you're going to be getting the best price because whether you're a mechanic or just a daily driver, you're not going to find better prices 
than rockauto.com. And the catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. And all you have to do is go to rockauto.com right now to see all the parts they have available for your car or truck and write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. This episode is also brought to you guys by Built Go, which is made from the people who brought you Built Bar, the best protein bar in the world. And this is something that's going to help you get through that wall at the end of the day or wherever you end up getting tired the most. And it seems like you're not going to make it. If you take a Built Go, which is like a five-hour energy, you're going to run right through that wall and be good on energy for the rest of the day. It's like drinking a monster drink with a third of the caffeine and better results. They have three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coke, coconut and chocolate mint and what built go does is it combines energy gel with collagen proteins and what that means is collagen protein is is fast absorbing and it gets to work in your system fast plus it's easy on the stomach so you're not going to get the feeling of when you chug a monster energy drink it's loaded with good stuff and it can help you ignite your work all you have to do is go to builtgo.com and use the promo code locked and you can get 20 percent off your next order that's promo code locked l-o-c-k-e-d all caps One word for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. All right, well, now it's time to get into something that we're all hoping to see from the Chargers after the bye week, and that is some change for the better, because obviously there's a reason the Chargers are 1-4 at this point, but have been in all their games. I mean, it could be worse. I mean, the Chargers could be getting blown out regularly, but that has not been the issue for them. I mean, I think they have a very specific list of things that they can do to get better, which will be probably easier said than done, but definitely attainable for them to turn this thing around down the stretch. Because, John, the Chargers actually have, I think, the easiest statistical schedule for the rest of the season. So they have a chance to string together some wins, but it's not going to start unless they change some things. No, it is not. And some of those things that you should change, as I mentioned before, is being aggressive and you have the lead. We've blown two 17-point leads already this season. you got to learn to step on someone's throat and go. If you have the lead, maybe start running some no-huddle offense. Do something to put more points on the board, but do it aggressively. Not running the ball on first down, running the ball on second down. Now let's throw in third and seven or third and eight because our offensive line didn't allow us to run the first half. So why is he going to allow us to run the second half? Be aggressive with your, with your play calling. And then on top of that, our defense, be aggressive with your play calling. If it's the two minute warning and you know, teams are going to drive on you and you're trying to keep the lead before halftime or towards the end of a game, be aggressive and go for it. What do you got to lose? You're one and four, try to go for the win and not go for not to lose. Yeah, I mean, I can't agree with that anymore. And I actually did a little deeper dive into what the Chargers have done in the first half and second half because I think we can mostly agree that most of the issues this team has had have come in the second half, especially offensively because the Chargers in three of their four losses have gone into halftime with a lead and what they've been able to do after that has been pretty disappointing. On average, through five games, the Chargers have scored 14.2 points in the first half. They've scored 71 points total in the first half. But in the second half, they're averaging 7.8 points. 
I mean, literally almost half as much as they have been in the first half. And I think for the Chargers, it goes to a couple of things that have to change, and that is the adjustments offensively and sticking to an aggressive game plan that got you that lead to begin with. But, I mean, the numbers don't lie here. 7.8 points in the second half is just not going to get win you a lot of games. The defense has been worse in the second half statistically, but it's actually closer than I thought. They've allowed 11 points per game in the first half, and they've allowed 12.8 points in the second half. And that's not including the overtime game, so you would add you know six more points in for the two overtime losses. But it's a little bit closer than I thought, but that is something that has to change going forward. Somebody has to be able to make a play in the second half, and for the Chargers offense, you just have to continue doing what's working for you. Obviously, obviously they're going to make adjustments, and you're going to have to find more different ways to score and run different plays. But as John would tell you, in the second half, especially when you're rolling, that's when you start countering all of the different plays that you had that found success in the first half because they're waiting on something you did then. Now you give them something that looks the same but is a little bit different. You break off a chunk gain, and that's what we need to see more of for the Chargers. But, David, I know you have some things in mind, too, that you want to see the Chargers change if they're going to change the outcome of this season, which so far has been a disaster. I absolutely do. And the first thing is to make more effective adjustments. Get away from the insanity. The Chargers do the same things over and over and over again, and they expect different results. That's why I'm saying get away from the insanity. When something is not working, make an adjustment. Change. Do something else. Be more aggressive. Just make more effective adjustments. That is the first thing that I need to see the Chargers do if they want to have more success. And this hasn't been a this year issue. This has been a couple year issue for the Chargers. So that's how important that is. Also, I've talked about it before, but more turnovers. I mean, you got to get your you got to get the ball back to your offense. Put them in more in better field position. And let them go score more points. I mean, they've been successful in the red zone. Make it easier for them to get there. And also, get Herbert on the move more. I think we've seen the Chargers have a lot of success when they get him rolling out and get him throwing on the run. He's a very accurate passer on the run. I feel like they can easily inject more of those plays, especially on first and second down, where they need to have a lot more success. That's another thing. You just have more success on first down, getting those more manageable down and distances, and I think you're going to have a lot more success and continuity on the offensive side. Yeah, and they've run several bootleg plays, and it's something that does seem to work for them, especially because Justin Herbert does throw so well on the run. I know John has wanted that for a while. Just get out of the pocket when you can. Let things develop deeper down the field so you can keep finding ways to keep the chains moving, even if the first reads aren't necessarily there. And I think, honestly, this team could improve by even more just getting Justin Herbert involved in the running game, more speed option plays. Maybe we see some more quarterback sneaks on you know third and short, fourth and short. I mean, there was a play last week where there was just literally no one lined up in front of the center, and they still went with an inside handoff instead of just him literally following the center for an easy few yards that they could have gone. He's bigger than the running back. He's 6'6", yeah. 240. Just let him fall forward. Let him lean just a little bit, and he probably would be fine. But I think one of the things that will help Justin Herbert and the Chargers going forward has to be correcting the running game and getting a more efficient running game and getting more out of the running game to make the play actions more effective and to really help out your rookie quarterback instead of dropping him back and letting him get hit. Because the Chargers have run for a lot of yards in some games this season, but 
The last couple of weeks have been tough, especially with the yards per carry average. It's 3.84 the season, but the last two games, they had 157 combined rushing yards. Last week, they went for 111, but most of that was on one play. Week one, they went for 155. Week two, they had 183. Week three, they had 117. So they were definitely running the football better with Austin Eckler, but it doesn't take Austin Eckler to be more efficient with the running game. And for me, John, I just think that with a young quarterback like this, with the specific team the Chargers have right now, maybe Bulaga and Turner help when they get back in the running game. They absolutely should. But if you're going to be the team that Anthony Lynn thinks this team is, you have to be more effective with the running game. Absolutely. And you got to add your wide receivers into that running game as well. And I'm not talking about rever- I'm not talking about reverses or nothing because we always seem to mess that up. But even something as simple as a jet sweep, like if you can actually use Joe Reed more, as David was saying, have Joe Reed in at the slot, motion him across the field, but right as he gets to the quarterback, you hike the ball, you turn around, and you hand it off to Joe Reed for a jet sweep. Easy plays near the line of scrimmage, so you can just use the speed to go up the field, and that can open up more lanes for the running backs as well. And it, there's a lot more running plays you can do than just a simple handoff up the middle into traffic. You can actually pull guards and move the whole offensive line and use a counter play. There's ways to get holes when there's no holes. But yeah, we just love to run it up the middle for some reason. You got to get more creative with your play calling. Even with a bad offensive line, there are still ways. I've seen a lot of NFL teams over the years have no offensive line and somehow are breaking off runs against really good teams when they're, everyone's sitting there going, oh my God, how are they still in this game? Well, because they got creative when they needed to be creative the most. The Chargers, as David would say, they've been doing the same thing over and over again because they're not creative. They just go, it'll work eventually. This will work eventually. It worked before. It'll work eventually. Well, and I think the thing is too, is like sometimes, as you've said before, John, you have to throw to set up the run, right? And I think we've seen the Chargers too many times running when they're supposed to run and throwing when they're supposed to throw, but putting their team back because obviously on third and 10, everybody knows you're throwing the football. And I think if they were to come out a game and just start throwing it every time on first down, and for the most part, to begin drives, it's been somewhat equal, but it seems like, you know, once they run that first play action on first down, pop that, then the next series, it's first and second down run up the middle. Like it has to continue. And four teams, you know, even look at, you know, the 49ers or even, the Cardinals today have been running just a little pitch pass in front of the quarterback to Christian Kirk. He gets the angle for a touchdown on Monday Night Football. I mean, there's just so many ways to get more inventive. I mean, you see the 49ers have guys like Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk and all those guys, and they know how to use them. If you're going to keep running the motion, obviously that does something as far as deciphering coverage and things like that. But the threat has to be there if you want to run misdirection things you have to be willing to give it to the guy going in that direction or else who's going to bite on that fake once he goes past nobody is I mean it just doesn't make sense to run all these things but not actually hold the defense accountable and Joe Reed has one carry for eight yards and I feel like the Chargers find these things and they work for them and then they get away from them but obviously the coaching for the Chargers is going to have to be a lot better and that can lead to more wins for this team the execution has to be a hell of a lot better too i'm not just going to sit here and pin it all on the coaches david the chargers have to execute but it starts with you know we talked about it in the last show with one of the voicemail callers gus bradley 
can't be getting the exact production out of the players he has on the field. He has to be elevating those players and putting them in positions where they can make plays instead of just, you know, using the injuries as an excuse. And offensively, I mean, it's on you. You have to put the pedal to the metal. You have to get aggressive even when you're up 17 points sometimes. And you can't make decisions like the Chargers have where, you know, they're giving it back to Kansas City. They're giving it back to Tampa Bay. At this point, one and four in this season, it seems like you should be able to cut loose pretty much everything and just go for it every game. Absolutely. I mean, obviously what you've been doing has not been working, so why not just scrap everything and go try something else? Just be do something differently. And fortunately for the Chargers, they're going up against a couple of teams the next few games. They're going to allow them to really put themselves in a great position to – Feel what it feels like to win a football game again. And I feel like that is a really important thing, too, is just win a damn game. I think once you win one, you're going to remember how that feels like. You're going to love it. And I think after you get that confidence flowing, hey, we can win a football game. I think they're going to start coming. And I think probably the only reason they didn't necessarily get that after week one is probably because they know how lucky they got in that game. Because it wasn't up to them to win the game. They had to rely on a pass interference call and also a missed 31-yard field goal. So I do think that if they make the play to win a game, I really do think it'll be you know wonderful for this team's psyche. But Anthony Lynn, until then, you're in charge of keeping this team ready to play. We haven't seen the Chargers come out totally lackadaisical and totally just sluggish in any single game. I mean, they've been competitive in every game, but that second-half mentality of trying to hold on is just not cutting it anymore. It has to be go for the throw. Even if you're just you know chucking up deep bombs, it'd still be better than what you've seen from the Chargers so far in the second half. You have to keep going. You have to sustain drives. You have to keep your defense off the field in the second half. And if they're able to do that, when the defense comes in, should be rested, that should be a time when you can see some people start to actually make plays instead of just getting sliced up like they have. But that's going to have a lot to do with Gus Bradley as well but that is going to wrap things up for today's show a lot can change in the last 11 weeks of the season and we're excited to see it but until then make sure to follow us on twitter at locked on lac and like the facebook page locked on chargers as well as subscribing to us wherever you get your podcast from whether it's apple Podcasts or spotify or google Podcasts or wherever you can find the chargers locked on chargers podcast there and it's the fastest and easiest way to get the show if you guys want to get your voices on the Locked On Chargers podcast, the number for the voicemail line is 323-524-7924. And we try to get every Chargers voicemail played on the show. But we'll be back with you guys tomorrow. Until then, take it easy and go Bolts.